Zach? Hey. Hey, how's it going? What's happening? So that was the Stooges, Mexican guy. Oh, whoa, no. Is that Zach? Song before that was uh, Slipknot, Wait and Bleed, and then uh, the Twats played Sanity Bomb before that, who I, which I dedicated to my, uh, my buddies. Those were insane burnouts. <laughs> so that was a wild party. It was a long weekend. It started, for me, it started with memorial service on a uh, Friday. Say goodbye to a good friend. It was, uh, it was actually a, a really good crowd. It was, it, was, it was a big deal. It was cool. So peace, Ernie. Good people. Um, so then I got the call about going to the, <laughs> going on the dirtbag, which, uh, I was, it surprised me. So, and not only that, I, uh, I needed a bike with uh, rear pegs, which you know, is the one I have. I got two bikes. So the Harley has the rear pegs and it was Paul. He said, uh, yeah, you want to go on the dirtbag? Um, but can you carry a girl on back that's going to photograph the whole event? She's, uh, I heard she may be the official photographer of the dirtbag challenge. Yeah. So she, uh, yeah. so yeah, we met on Saturday morning. Actually, I met everybody except for Paul on Saturday morning for the first time. And uh, we left uh, Bayview around, around 11 a.m. And uh, it was a wild crowd. I have to, I have to give props to everybody. They were just, they were just a solid crowd. This young lady was hanging off the back of my bike. She was, she, she was solid. She was. We are live, JW Megawake Show. I am your host, the Candyman. And tonight, you're in for a special treat. Please welcome to the show, Zach from Pretty Frankenstein. Hey, how's it going? It's going well, how about you? Got a virtual audience here in the whole thing. Yeah, it's insane, man. It's just getting more packed by the second. You wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I know that you just came out with this single in the middle of all this, and um, yeah, I know there's a lot of action going on, especially being an artist during this time. Um, so uh, I wanted, what is it, um, what is the, the new song is called, is it Sounds of Revolt? Yeah, yeah, and it's actually, um, it's actually going to be a full album of the same title uh and uh kind of kind of a similar vibe to that song uh is wh what a lot of the tracks will kind of carry on nice nice yeah no and i'd seen uh what was that oh i just said thank you <laughs> yeah and i'd seen gosh you made that reference to uh, robert johnson i remember robert johnson is definitely resurfacing uh, now, you know, um, after all of these years, you know, I know um, back even in the, the 60s and the 70s in the Zeppelin era, Jimmy Page, you know, talking about Robert Johnson and about what a huge influence he was to rock and roll and and how that all. Yeah. 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 And, you know, not even just the, the music in general, but like the overall vibe and the mythos that that comes with rock and roll was started by, you know, there's, there's that, there's that whole myth of, you know, Robert Johnson selling his soul to the devil. <laughs> and there's it. actually a great documentary on Netflix called uh, devil at the crossroads. That's kind of about him and a lot of other of the Delta blues originators of uh, rock and roll and, and that style of blues. And, um, 
you know, I, I think a lot of a lot of rock and roll uh, musicians and a lot of uh, people my age kind of kind of forget that you know that's kind of where it all started, you know, for for us to make the kind of music that we make. Yeah, I mean, it was just um, pretty outside of the box, especially for that time, and uh, yeah, yeah, and being uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Mississippi being stranded on the corner somewhere and selling your soul to the devil so that you could play the guitar like a freak and um, yeah yeah i mean there was i remember maybe the first time that i i heard robert johnson i thought it was more than just one person playing yeah yeah it's, it's pretty wild and uh there there's definitely thoughts like that and then also just the the overall you know, working with, with what, what you have uh, and, and thinking about the fact that these songs were recorded in, you know, the, the 20s and 30s and they're this, this last bit of, uh, you know, testimony from these artists uh, that exists and it's, it's pretty wild to think about, you know. Yeah, it's definitely a myth. So are you here? Yeah. Are you here in the Bay Area? You said. Uh, yeah, I actually I live uh, on the border of Alameda and Oakland. Um, I, I live right by the airport, and uh, in in Oakland. I know exactly. And where, yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, do I, little. <laughs> I I was born and raised in the Bay Area, and I grew up in Richmond, California. Uh, so yeah. Nice. I'm an East Bay native myself. That's cool. So nice. Yeah. There's there's not a lot of us. Uh, not a lot of us out here anymore. <laughs> We're like wild horses. Yeah. Exactly. It's insane. Yeah. So um, I wanted to give the listeners uh one of the listeners to to hear your new uh, uh single here, um and I know you got a a lot of, and the whole album coming up, um which is exciting um. Uh, you could find it was a pretty Frankenstein here. It was in a uh, band camp um, and also mutiny radio dot FM. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, pretty Frankenstein dot And the, um, the, the proceeds from uh, this uh, song are all going to the Bay area anti-repression committee bell fund. And what that does is help uh, incarcerated protesters with uh, legal aid and possible bail. And um, it's uh, it's one of the few organizations that uh, we're going to keep continuing to donate to as we get money from the song. But we'll probably figure out some other ones as well when the actual album comes out. Yeah. I like the artwork for this, too, with the, uh, with the hand and the... Uh... Yeah, that's cool. Oh, thank you, thank yeah. you. That was uh, courtesy of my my partner. Uh, she she does most of my uh, design work. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, so here we are live here, Mooney Radio FM. We got Pretty Frankenstein. This is uh, going to be off their new record, a song called Sounds of Revolt.
as it's a. It's not uh, not coming through here. Having some issues with it. Yeah. So um, I'm actually um having some technical difficulties here over here at uh, Mutiny Radio, which doesn't happen very often. Um, trying to play this song, trying to get it to play through the board. Um, trying to think of any uh, any good jokes uh, you have out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, while you're figuring that out, I can actually um, yeah I can actually send you the song uh, right now through email if you'd like. Yeah, or, uh, no, that that could totally work. It's, yeah, I'm just having for whatever reason it's not. I just played this before. I don't know. Um, try to refresh this. Yeah. So, did, when you, where did you record it? Um. So I actually uh, record all my music at home in my little home studio that I have. Uh, I, I've done some uh, little tours of it on uh, Instagram, but it's just a little shed outside of the house and uh it's what we call the franken studio uh and uh we do all of our recording here mixing mastering and all that stuff right yeah so i I figured out a way to uh to do this i'm actually going to play it through a different uh different different way here but um Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, here we go. So we're about to, uh, here we go. This is pretty Frankenstein Sounds of Revolt recorded in the uh, Frankenstein studio. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, as I'm starting to think, it might be something with Bandcamp um, going on with Bandcamp right now because I, I've tried it um, on a uh, no. phone and I've tried it online and um, having some issues, which is uh, pretty hilarious if you think about it. I don't know because eventually, <laughs> eventually, I'm going to be able to figure out how to figure this out. Um, but uh, so I'm actually so I was at Castro Valley. So I grew up. Was it? I guess technically it was when I first, cause I knew you're from Richmond and it was originally 415, then it was 510. And now we're, you know, I'm from uh, Castro Valley. Now that it's 925. I remember my, gran- oh, okay. yeah, my, gra- yeah. my grandparents were just like, Oh my God, I'm tired of the freaking like area code changing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Th- there was um, this, yeah. There was yeah. this punk rock venue in uh in Richmond. I can't think of it right now at the moment. I played a a show there. I was in a high energy rock and thrash band and I can't remember. It was like this punk rock venue and they had an aquarium with um a rattlesnake in it. Oh, is like, that are you are you talking about the uh burnt ramen? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. We so funny thing like I I definitely grew up going to shows at at the ramen um, and a lot of other warehouse uh, spaces or you know uh, live-in performance venues and um, we actually in 2017 uh, after and that whole incident we actually filmed a documentary called Underground Under Review. <laughs> in which we went to uh, a bunch of our friends' underground uh, spaces that they own, and a lot of the live-in warehouses and uh, 
venues that, that we know and have played before over the years. Uh, and we interviewed people. We, uh, we even, we got to talk to people like Jello Biafra. We got to, uh, that's where we first, uh, became tight with our friend, fantastic Negrito. Um, and, uh, like the phenomenots and people like that. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely, definitely, uh, Burnt Ramen definitely is a, uh, a place of many memories for me. Yeah. I remember, gosh, I think um, at, the, at the time, you know, in my, I was in my life, and my career, um, I didn't feel comfortable being the lead singer of a band called Ten Sack. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, uh, we, uh, it was our, <laughs> our drummer actually ended up getting signed to Columbia Records, if you could imagine going from playing from that like high energy thrash band where you're playing at burnt ramen to touring the world with a band called the neighborhood is just like fucking hilarious (laughs) just like it was complete opposite you know um yeah yeah so funny enough um you know no we're yeah we're here in a media radio.fm here in the mission district um you're just right across a skip across the bay and somewhere in between Alameda and, and Oakland. Uh, yeah. Which, gosh, yeah. The weather is unbelievable. I actually just got, got back to, uh, from Las Vegas. It was really hot. It was mellow and it was hot. The places were open. Um, it was kind of hard to get in on a blackjack table, which was probably did me a huge favor because I, yeah. 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 I would have definitely lost a lot of money. So um, I I have gotten um, this to work, um, this band camp to work on on a different channel. So I wanted to uh, go ahead and play this for the listeners. Um, and this is a pretty Frankenstein live here, MediaRadio.fm. And here we go. Woo! Woo! <laughs> That's weird. Well, I did hear it play, and now it's not playing. Yeah. Oh no. Anyways, yeah. So, the um, there was another place called was it Eli's Mile High Club? I don't know if you guys yeah, ever played yeah. there, but um, let's see here. There it is. Okay, I figured it out. Here we go. Oh, Gosh, right. this is rock and roll, dude. This is fucking underground yeah, rock yeah. and roll radio station here. Um. I have got this uh, dialed in. So here we are, pretty Frankenstein live. <laughs> Frankenstein live here, Sounds of Revolt, um, off their new uh, record that's coming out. All the proceeds are going to a charitable uh, foundation here. We'll talk about it in, just right after the song.
is a fun tune thank you thank you very much yeah i think anyone anyone listening in you could there's definitely a revolution happening right in front of her everywhere i don't know <laughs> it just seems like it's everywhere yeah. it's happening yeah yeah it's uh it's definitely it's bigger than uh it's bigger than it has been i think i think it's just grown over the years of you know, people are finally uh, tired of seeing a lot of so many terrible things just go un... Uh, I don't want to use the word punished, but that's pretty much what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tupac, you know, Shakur, you know, was talking about this back in the 90s what what was going on back then the same thing you know this has been going on for so long i just feel like um being able to capture everything just with a camera now at, at this point yeah. you know and you think about how something goes viral you just how does that even happen you know yeah and uh it's it's funny because uh like, like you said you know tupac talking about it in the 90s and all that stuff, but it, it goes so far back. I was doing some mixing on one of the songs from the album, and uh, we are using a, uh, there's a song where we use an Angela Davis quote, and uh, in that quote from that speech, she says something along the lines of, if the last four years uh, of of Nixon's presidency is any indication of what the next four years may be like, uh, then we're in for a catastrophic time uh, in the United States. And it's funny to hear that and easily be able to equate everything that she's saying to what's happening in the present day. Yeah. It's almost like being in a time capsule, 
you know, to look at this, I, um, you know, one thing that I personally, um, I went through is, um, is I, when I moved to, uh, San Francisco, I moved, uh, on Geary street, which is the tenderloin. You yeah. Know, people that live in the deep tenderloin, they're not going to say, Oh, you live in the tenderloin, but it was kind of a, a borderline area. And I remember living in, um, the tenderloin and there'd be people that'd be like, Oh my gosh, you live in the tenderloin. And I'd be like, I never in my life have been disparaged for living in a neighborhood that I lived in just anywhere, you know? And I'm thinking about that later on now because I, I felt some sort of, it felt racist. It felt that, I mean, like in your, people are unconscious about it, right? You just, you know, you see needles and, and homeless people around and you don't, don't want to go near it. But that is part yeah. of part of what we're dealing with, you know, with um, systematic, you know, racism and um, and, and the, those types of things. Is just like, what you didn't like the Tenderloin because it's a black and Latino neighborhood. That's what it kind of felt like. And I remember living. Yeah, I mean, yeah, th- yeah. That's that's. I mean, that's what it boils down to. And you know, there's somebody growing up in Richmond, and uh, which I mean isn't what anybody would ever consider a, a nice neighborhood. <laughs> uh, it will be eventually. Yeah. Um, it's happening. But th- it's one of those, one of those places where, you know, you tell people you're from there and, uh, you know, that you've lived in pretty like, you know, kind of downtrodden areas. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people have their reservations, you know what I mean? And, uh, it, it's funny when I hear people still to this day talk about that same with that same mentality talking about Oakland, and I'm like, you you haven't spent a day in Oakland in your life. Like, Oakland is a huge artist community where you know, yes. uh, like if you're if you're gonna get robbed in Oakland. Um, Number one, it you know, chances are it probably won't be a black person. Number two, uh, if you do get robbed, it's it's probably because you're standing there with your iPhone in your hand and you're you're looking at your phone and not <laughs> watching where you're going. So anybody that is uh, down on their luck and is in desperate need of cash or uh, a bite to eat is going to see that and they're going to be like, oh, okay, well, this dude's not paying attention to the world around him, so I'm just going to snatch his phone. Yeah, you know? I feel like that's just somebody being naive and yeah. to just being protective and not leaving your stuff out on the, you know, in your car so that people could see it. But uh, I know we're, yeah. you know, we're talking about Oakland, I know you're from Richmond, I'm from Castro Valley, and Oakland's right in between. And so uh, there's a place, and actually, funny enough, I was there last night, but I, before, you know, I was in a band, and we had a space in Oakland Music Complex, which is um, on the corner, was it 21st and Adeline? And yeah, yeah, I think it's 21st and Adeline. That's a, that's a great rehearsal space. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, it's a 24-hour access. You can make as loud as noise as you can. My neighbors don't complain. I don't know if... I don't know why. I mean, like, I've I've gotten pretty lucky with my neighbor's situation. I um, but yeah. but with uh, Oakland Music Complex, you don't even have to worry about that. It's just, I, I, yeah, 
so many great memories there. But I had a band member, so uh, we had, were running out of space there. And uh, he lived um, on 36th and West, which on Google Maps, they were calling that Emeryville, which it's yeah. not. It's not. <laughs> but um, so there was a place on the corner of Market and MacArthur, uh, a place called Easy Liquors. And so, you know, he was the vocalist of the band because I didn't feel comfortable enough in my career to be a head lead singer of a band, you know. And so we get out to uh, of the car of my had this uh, convertible coupe wasn't anything fancy, but it was a convertible. And uh, yeah. we go in to, you know, pick up a couple of tall cans and we come out and somebody had actually wiped my car clean. They, they actually gotten oh, through wow. the back window and it was like I was inside of the liquor store for two and a half minutes and they got the whole thing on camera. And so for me, I wasn't crying in my Chardonnay about it, you know, Yeah. but I was I was impressed that they were able. I mean, two and a half minutes. That's a professional. I was like, that's a professional thief. You know, I mean, like I was impressed. I wasn't. They, I for I wouldn't leave anything expensive there. It was just they got away with a bunch of coffee, basically. Yeah. Which yeah. you know I don't know if you've, yeah, something called a, a Flavia machine. They have them in offices, but basically it was like a Keurig, but except you can't buy it in the home stores. So basically all. What, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So basically they got away what they call fresh packs of these, of this coffee that they couldn't ever use, um, but yeah, it was all on camera. They rolled up in this white Camaro just far enough away where you couldn't read the license plate and they put these pantyhose over their heads <laughs> they freaking wiped my car clean oh, wow. in two and a half minutes I just never and I didn't even they did it so seamlessly that I didn't even realize that they swiped me until I got home yeah yeah it was it was that's, crazy that's it, wild. I was impressed yeah. I don't know. It was it was hard for me. I don't know. I mean, it's the whole thing. Everything that's going on, you know. You you have somebody. You know, life is more important than anything, and you know, damaged property. Those, I feel like that kind of gets put to the side. You know, I um, I'm glad that you know we weren't trying to get in the car when they were trying to rip us off because then that could have been worse. Um. Yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, that's 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 wild, and you know, it's it's funny. I've I've definitely I've def dealt with some stuff like that. Uh, you know, where I grew up and everything. Uh, you know, I, I've heard of a lot of people getting robbed and stuff, but it's uh, it, yeah, it's just it's just kind of wild. Uh, the uh, the state that we're in right now, because. One of the things that I'm I'm trying to implore to people is that uh, as a uh, me myself, I'm a, uh, a mixed person. Um, I'm uh, I'm Filipino and Iranian. Oh, nice! That's a and, nice fusion. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, all of my cousins are actually black, and they're you know. Uh, they're they're all pretty much brothers to me and sisters and 
and uh, the, the people that raised me. And the thing that I've been trying to implore to people is that uh, I've gotten a lot of people kind of asking me what uh, my experiences with, with racism and police brutality and everything like that are, uh, being that when you would see me from, you know, kind of far away, you would just think I was kind of like a, a tanned, you know, white guy or something. I, I have, you know, a beard. I'm, I'm like, you know, I don't look, I Good. guess, um, using quotes, I don't look ethnic unless you... Uh, You've been out in the sun for a while? Look at me closely. <laughs> yeah. Um, we give the listeners it, a it, visual, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's there. It's it's wild because it's there. And I have actually experienced a lot of racism from people uh, that knew that I was Iranian when I was a kid. Uh, I was, you know, in junior high, um, right around the time that 9-11 happened. And I, I remember before 9-11 happened, I was... Um, whenever they would ask people what they were in class, you know, a teacher or something would ask, uh, you know, what, what, uh, what ethnic background are you? You know, I would, I would jump up to say that I was Iranian and I was Filipino because I was very, I was very proud of those things. And the junior high that I went to was fairly white. Um, in and, Richmond? Uh, it was, a, it was in El Sobrani, which oh, there you go. kind of, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so the thing was, after 9-11 happened, I was instantly pointed out as the Middle Eastern kid. And, you know, if I got into fights or anything with anybody in the school, uh, you know, I, they were very quick to, you know, call me a terrorist and towelhead and all kinds of like you know, messed up stuff like that. And it was, it was really weird for me to experience that at, at that age without ever having any idea of racism, uh, in general. Like, you know, I knew who Martin Luther King was because of school, but I never thought that any of this would actually affect me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it, it only, it only progressed as time went on. Uh, you know, I, I've had many instances where I've been racially profiled uh, by police uh, as the brown person in the neighborhood. And uh, I've actually been, you know, I've been stopped by cop. I remember uh, when I was a teenager and I was literally just walking around the neighborhood uh, taking a walk because, you know, had my headphones and wanted to get some exercise. And every time I would do that, I would be harassed by the cops. Uh, I got arrested a couple of times for it. Um, and they would say that I fit the description of, you know, somebody selling drugs or something like that. Uh, you know, there, there have been times where I, uh, literally had, you know, three or four cop cars pulled on me and they all like drew their guns on me. Um, 
and I think I was probably like 17 around this time. And uh, they drew their guns on me, slammed me down to the ground, uh, and they were talking to me as though I was the, the perpetrator that they were looking for. Uh, and then eventually when I was able to have them pull out my ID for me, uh, they realized that uh, it was the wrong person. And they were like, it was very much like, oh, we're sorry, our bad, uh, get the fuck out of here. You know? It seems like you should um, get a free coffee or something. Yeah, and uh, there was, there's been a bunch, I mean, I've things like this have happened to me all my life. I've had, you know, I've had cops arrest me when I was the one breaking up a fight between two white guys at a bar. Um, I've had, you know, uh, cops pull guns on me and slam me down to the ground. Uh, I've even, I know what it feels like to have a cop's neck, uh, knee on my neck and just the sheer terror that comes with that. So the, uh, this kind of turned into a rant, but the thing that I'm, I'm been trying to explain to people is that, um, if, if we're not doing something now and working towards making a change now, then this is something that is going to affect everybody on the same level eventually. Because, you know, right now, a lot of, a lot of white people and a lot of um, uh, people of different ethnic backgrounds are looking and they're saying, oh, that's a shame what's happening to black people right now. But they don't understand that yeah. if we don't do something about it, that's literally going to happen to everybody. And... The possibility is there for this to be happening to people all around the world of, of any color, you know? Yeah, and I, you know, I 100% agree, and I, you're, yeah, I'm glad you're talking about this. Um, and for all the listeners, yeah, I, I see this, um, I've seen it, it's been talked about for 100, <laughs> for over 100 years, this um, racial profiling and everything that, you know, you have gone through, uh, I'm going to just say this, um, was it, I was walking, I would say this particular experience I had when my cousin came to visit me in the Tenderloin for the first time. I, um, I was, you know, I was in Castro Valley and my, my uncle worked on tractors and he worked for John Deere and I, I had this John Deere hat that I had flipped up super punk rock style and I, you know, I had a jacket and stuff on, but my cousin and, and myself were playing Frisbee across Geary Street and um, the the cop turned on his siren and pointed at me he said hit the ground I'm like holy shit dude I'm like I just like literally threw frisbee across the street <laughs> yeah know? I was like oh the whole world's coming to an end and I felt like and I don't know I'm I'm mixed as well I'm Native American I'm Italian um, I'm part John Wayne and, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I think I look wh white. I think most people would look at me and say I'm white, but I'm white. Even the, even being white, um, this guy had no reason to tell me to hit the ground in the way that, and then he was antagonizing me to try to try to get me to say something to entice them to arrest me. And yeah, yeah. that, I mean, that That's, is, yeah. It's, it, and it's, it's funny that, that you bring that up, that, uh, 
you know, because you had the hat that was, you know, kind of punk rock and everything. I feel like in in the same vein, uh, you know, people that represent kind of a a certain aesthetic are are definitely targets too. You know, you, uh, of course, a, a cop is is gonna see, you know, the punk kids as a threat or you know, the kids with saggy pants listening to hip-hop as a threat or something, you know. So it it all kind of melds into the same uh, segregation. Only, you know, uh, one thing that I've, I've said quite a few times is that the, the only reason I'm, I'm able to breathe right now and actually talk about those times that I've been arrested or, or harassed or you know, even assaulted by cops is because my skin is not black. So I, you know, uh, that's the privilege there for me is being alive to actually talk about it. And it's sad that that's the privilege, you know? Yeah. Um, but it, and to, to kind of veer off topic a little bit, I do I do tend to ramble, but uh, that's good. To, <laughs> to to veer off topic a, a, a little bit, as I as I was talking about, you know, punk rockers and, and hip hop kids and everything, um, it's I used to be in a hip hop group, and it's funny because this same hip hop group uh, we were called Spirits in the Basement, and we actually used to go to Mutiny Radio uh, all the time. And, uh, you know, this is 2009, 2010. Nice, Pam was um, here. Yeah, yeah. With, uh, we used to do interviews with uh, Mallory, uh, who did Melodious Case of the Mondays, and uh, our friends uh, Aisha and Crystal, who uh, did their Sounds from the Streets uh, show. And... Uh, when I was in that hip-hop group, we would actually deal with, uh, so it was me, a Vietnamese kid by the name of Nam, uh, and that was his actual name, that wasn't like Man? That. Um, his name, or her uh, name Nan. is Nan. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, that wasn't like his MC name, that was like his birth name. But um, <laughs> it was me, him, and... Uh, three of my friends who were black guys with dreads. So when... That's a great... Yeah. And mind you, this is 2009. Hyphy had just kind of ended, you know, uh, and uh, so every time we would go to a venue uh, or every time we would, we would send an EPK to a venue to have us play, uh, we'd get rejected instantly uh, because venues out here didn't want hip-hop acts anymore uh, because they said it would invoke gang violence, um, huh. which we were a bunch of nerds who, like, just talked about existential shit because we all did too many mushrooms. You know, none of us, none of us were, like, gang-affiliated in any way, but they see footage and they see pictures of three black guys with dreads and they're like oh this this will be dangerous for our club you know wow um so wow we, you know we we dealt with that for a long 2009. time 
And uh, there were a few venues. We had a few venues that were were our close friends, were our, our friends that, you know, would let us play, would actually pay us. And, you know, uh, so I, I'm not saying all venues were like that, but it was definitely a, a large majority. And um, I'm glad that's kind of turned around as far as the hip-hop scene now. Um, but back then it was, it was pretty tough. And we would see... Uh, you know, one of the things that would happen, especially because our recording space was in Alameda, uh, one of the things that would always happen is we would always get stopped by cops, uh, and they would tell us things like, oh, our, our taillights are out. When they weren't, they would tell us that, uh, you know, we were speeding when, you know, we were just looking at the speedometer and we knew that we weren't. Um, you know, there was, there was all kinds of crap like that. But, um, as I'm, as I'm talking about all this, uh, one of the things that I'm actually trying to do with this album, um, is kind of bridge that, that gap between the two, uh, genres that kind of, you know, molded me the most, which, which are punk rock and hip hop. And, so this album is actually yeah. kind of all over the place. Uh, the, the the Sounds of Revolt song is on the more punk side, but there's there's literally songs that are beats that uh, where I'm rapping and some other people are rapping too, and uh, you know so that's that's one of the things that we're really pushing with this album is just you know for especially in the goth community we we have <laughs> yes. a lot of fans who are all the goths you know, out there. In the, yeah, we have we have a lot of goth Halloween fans, you know, um, and I know I am. a lot of the time I notice if I'm bringing up hip hop acts, if I'm bringing up the the rappers that influenced me, uh, I get like a lot of you know uh, distance on Instagram or Facebook or something because old goths don't want to hear hip hop, you know, so. I, I see that's the influence. one of the things where we're we're trying to break that wall and be like, look, you know, there's a lot of this that can pertain to all of you, and we're actually these two classes <laughs> of musical people are actually kind of one and the same. You know, the, you think about the way punk rock started, and you think about the way hip hop started, and honestly. The way hip hop started is the most punk rock thing you'll ever hear. It's organic you know, during riots and and blackouts, and people uh, went to grab and, and loot the equipment that they couldn't afford, and then they made, you know, they started sampling because they couldn't get a band. And when you think about it, it's like it's the most punk rock shit ever, you know. It is, yeah. So. I feel like, you know, I was talking to someone about the, the other day, and you think about rock and roll, you know, back in, you know, the 50s and Chuck Berry and, you know, and, and even the rockability with Elvis Presley is it wasn't the blues, it wasn't country, it wasn't folk, and it, they, but they had to call it something. And I feel yeah. like that's kind of what punk rock was and hip-hop is. It's some sort of mutation of some made up thing, you know, that it's a invent. I feel like it's almost like inventing your own philosophy 
And that's what I, I feel like that's what rock and roll was. In my opinion, what I've seen is just like, what is rock and roll? It was just made up. And it all became theory later or something, you know? Yeah, but, um, yeah. That's I so mean, fun. It's, it's, it's organic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like that's what yeah, grunge that's was, too, and heavy metal. And it's just like high-energy rock and roll. And I feel like hip-hop, too. I'm just trying to think. My my mom is big into hip-hop. But uh, did you have any, like, particular favorite hip-hop artist? Oh, yeah. I mean, so so many. <laughs> uh, a lot that I've actually worked with. But um, as far as just the, the people that everybody would not like, I, I love, you know, uh like, you know, uh, as far as, like, newer people, you know, I love stuff like Kendrick Lamar and Denzel Curry, uh, people like that. And then as far as, you know, I, I was raised on a lot of the old school stuff. So, you know, I, I grew up listening to a lot of KRS-One and, uh, you know, uh, One Below and, uh, you know, old school Busta Rhymes where he was still yeah. sitting craziness you know so before you know, break your head off of course you know but yeah i mean and then and then later in high school i got into the you know i got into all the bay area stuff i got into Pac and and, and 40 and too short and all 40s. that stuff and i've been um, 40 yeah yeah but then you know there was also a lot of the underground stuff like you know i Love like Chino XL and Immortal Technique and stuff. Like, it's, you know, it's it's a it's a, a whole world that I feel like when people talk about, you know, oh, I'm not really into hip hop. It's like that's that's like just saying you're not into music in general because yeah. there's so many things you can pick from. It's you know? very true. Um, it's like it's almost like you have a bias, and I feel like that's what it, you know stereotyping and and whatever that is. It's a bias. And you have a bias of a certain genre, and that's a, that you know, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think no matter what, there's always maybe someone that has a bias against something. I feel like punk rock maybe was the rebellious thing at the time, and, and the, you know, maybe the more seasoned um, people that, have, you know, were around a little older generation uh, wasn't into the punk rock, and maybe they weren't into rock and roll, maybe they weren't into hip-hop, but it was, it was, um, I feel like maybe the younger generations um, are what really carried it. You know, I hip hop is great. Yeah. Who would ever say anything negative about hip hop? Well, it's it's funny because I've I've talked to a lot of people who, you know, uh, they're automatic. You know, older people, especially you know, just being in kind of like the punk crowd in the East Bay, um, you would think. You would think a lot of people are, you know, because it's the East Bay. We have we have some of the <laughs> some of the greatest hip hop has ever has come from here. And, but meanwhile, some of the greatest punk has come from here. And anti-fascist. I, I've talked to, yeah, I've talked to a lot of people who just aren't into hip hop because they're like, oh, it's misogynistic towards women. It's. Uh, it's it promotes violence and this and that and I'm like maybe some artists okay yeah you're 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 picking what it is you want to hear as far as the negative connotation that it comes with you're picking you know oh I heard Lil Wayne say this so that must be what all hip hop artists do it's like no even 
even Pac, who was, uh, you know, he had a lot of his songs that were fairly, you know, misogynistic to a point. Even him, if you listen to his older stuff, he... Oh, he was a feminist, you know, I think. I never knew him, but I think Tupac was a feminist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his he was raised by women, and he has so many songs that are for women's rights and that are mama. kind of talking... Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, his mom, a mem- member of the Black Panthers. Like, you know, there's there's so much there that I feel just people... You know, specifically old punk rockers. <laughs> like, yeah. I know, I know too many Gen X punk rockers that that just don't give hip hop the chance, and and it's there's a borderline racism because when I talk to them about things like hip hop, I'll lightly sprinkle in, you know, some R and B or some, uh, you know, some funk. Uh, into the conversation just just to see the reaction and a lot of them it's, it's very much like oh I don't listen to that either it's like okay well if you're not listening to R&B you're not listening to hip hop you don't like funk and you don't like old school blues you're just saying that you don't like black music but you're trying to mask it uh, and pretend that it's not racial and it's just because of the music itself. Wow. You know? I think there is a lot of truth to that. I don't know if anyone caught that out there. I don't know. For me personally, um, I never really identified with music as being a racial thing. But I never identified with myself being a race at all. Um, yeah. But I, th- I feel like... That is, there's some truth to that. I don't know. Me particularly, I love the gangster rap. I'm a gangster yeah. rap. I love it. You know what I mean? So I, I personally can relate to to that. Um, but I'm sure that there is some, maybe some people out there. I feel like there's a lot of it too where it brings people together in some way. I have to say I'm a, I think I grew up, I was kind of a Mace uh, P. Diddy fan when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I listened to, you know, my dad, it was in the ZZ Tops and Aerosmith, so I had this interesting, you know, hip-hop, rock and roll kind of fusion. The, um, there's something about, you know, the, uh, kind of that Biggie Smalls and there, there was a Geffen record deal. Um, that was, that was a great collaboration, Biggie Smalls and Mace and, and, uh, and P. Diddy. That was oh, a, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, an unbelievable, and everything too. I mean, with Tupac and and, and Snoop Dogg and and um, you know, Dr. Dre and Ice Cube. And I mean, th- there's no end to it. I mean, it just uh, that was a movement. And Tupac. Yeah. I mean, he's sitting there. He's telling everyone. He's just like, you know, you know. He, I do have to say, was it what is the one of the songs with changes the resolve? Um, he had said we haven't yet to see a black president. Well, I have to say that is awesome that we could say that we had a black president. Yeah, um, yeah. That is some progress. And, you know, I'm naive, you know, to that. I'm sure a lot of people listening are naive to that. But for me, I mean, I, I thought when in 2008, and I remember exactly where I was and exactly where I was standing uh, when um, Obama was elected to be the president. 44th president of the yeah. United States. I remember exactly where it was. I'm sure that, you know, most people can. That was that was a great, I mean, I, and I thought because we had a black president that racism 
would be gone. Um, because yeah. I'm naive. I'm naive to that. I'm sure maybe I'm just trying to relate to other people. I'm just like, we have a black president. Racism is over. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, but that I is mean, obviously not the case. But uh, we, yeah. yeah, I, um, yeah, it's interesting. There's just so much going on, and you see the the film, and you know, and uh, I heard someone talking about it. You know, even with Dr. King, that Dr. King didn't even make a a global um, impact. His death didn't make a global impact, but George Floyd's death has made a global impact. And it's yeah, just like. Yeah, that that was that was a thing that one of the inspirations well, maybe it was a pandemic the too. song that we played is uh, is the amount of people. I'm I'm very uh, guilty of getting into a lot of Facebook debating and arguing, <sighs> just social media in general. It's something that I need to, you know, rid myself of. But there's so many people. <laughs> um, you know, saying things like uh, when the riots and the protests first started, they were saying things like um, like MLK uh, didn't have to damage any property and got its point across, right? So you, you had a bunch of memes like that that were saying, and still do, that are saying how MLK was peaceful and got his point across. And, uh, you know, the riot, the, the protesting that's going on now is, you know, uh, everybody's damaging property for no reason. But I usually have to fact check with, you know, uh, MLK was assassinated by a white man who was, uh, who didn't get arrested or caught for two months until after his death. Um not to mention, uh, after MLK's death, you had the riots, which eventually led a few days later to the civil rights movement um, or the civil rights bill. And if, you know, uh, just, just people using uh, Martin Luther King as uh, a scapegoat for peaceful protests, it's, you know, riots have been successful in many occasions. And even Martin Luther King was for rioting. He was also for defending yourself against the police who are, you know, trying to uh, assault you when protesting. So, uh yeah, I, it's just something I, I usually have to fact check a lot of people on Facebook. It's so annoying. <laughs> yeah, you know, I have to say, and I'm sure people out there can relate. I mean, just with everything, there's all these emotions like going through everywhere right now. Yeah, 40 million plus people are furloughing or or laid off. You know, federal and state unemployment isn't could be worse. Um, and there's all these mixed emotions going on, and it's just like. I basically just got to a point where I was just tired of seeing people die. I mean, I was yeah. just, and I just had this, like this outbreak where I was just like, just, uh, just stop. I was just like, I feel like at a certain point, I mean, I think most everyone out there listening and, and me, myself included, uh, I've lost a fair amount of sleep on everything that's going on. It's just on real. It's like, you can't even, 
can't even think about it. I mean, just even for, you know, we were talking about this, co- you know, coronavirus, and then you have that coupled with, with this, and this video is, couldn't have been caught the moment in any, you know, it was the perfect capture of what exactly happened. And how yeah. that went viral was insane. I mean, it was the most viral thing I ever, ever seen. Besides uh, Laca, Laca Morena, which maybe we should do that. Make some kind of music dance go viral. Kind of brighten the whole universe. Yeah, you, right. could, you could dance to this this um, this new single that you got, I think. Yeah, well, we're actually, so one, of the, one of the distance. things that we're, um, we're probably going to be putting out another single fairly soon. A uh, very similar message, except uh, this one is, is it's more on the hip-hop side, but it's still kind of funk rock. I don't know. Uh, the one that's about to come out is, uh, it's pretty much, I, I, won't, I won't lie, uh, it's, it's pretty much a Rage Against the Machine ripoff. Um, because I listen to a lot of music and I, I, I focus and, uh, pay attention to a lot of artists. And when there's an artist that has very much influenced me and I feel like they're not speaking out the way that they can or they should, uh, during certain times, I feel like it's almost one of my responsibilities to be like, okay, well, I'm going to do this in that form. <laughs> so uh, we, we will have a, a another single coming out soon that is very much uh, in the rage fashion, I guess. The waves crashing? In uh, rage fashion. Rage, like, uh, rage fashion. Yeah. That is a yeah, cool yeah. rage fashion. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Gosh, I remember Rage Against the Machine the first time I heard them. I feel like Led Maybe. Zeppelin was a, John Paul Jones is a big uh, influence. Uh, I can't remember what song it is by Led Zeppelin. I can remember the bass line. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking like okay, yeah, I'm song. thinking that yeah. yeah, I feel like that's where rage came from. That song, I feel like yeah. that song, yeah. it felt like rage against the machine came from that. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I could I could definitely see that, and it's funny because I'm not the hugest rage against the machine fan, but I do understand their importance. Heavy bass. Yeah, the the thing was though when when writing the song that we're about to put out. Um, was I was actually looking at Rage Against the Machine's social media, and I was like, these guys haven't said anything during all of this. They're, you know, I know, I know Della Rocha uh, just did a song with Run the Jewels, which is great, but um, you know, I know they were planning a reunion tour, so they were back up on everything, uh, and uh, but nothing. There's, there's nothing, you know, about the movement. There's nothing, uh, you know, saying uh, to support the movement. There, there's nothing there. And I'm like, of all the people that need to be speaking right now, Rage Against Machine is, you know, would probably be 
one of those bands that people are looking to, and they're not getting anything from them. Uh, so, you know, I'm just putting this song out as like a, okay, here, I, I see you guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a nice rendition of your own, you know, mix. Yeah, yeah. yeah like uh, you know, A lot of the time it, it kind of, before this album, before the, the Sounds of the Vault album that, that we're working on now, um, I was always trying to make albums cohesive as far as the vibe goes, as far as, you know, the, um, the overall sound. I uh, wanted to make sure that everything kind of fit. And uh, with this album, I kind of am done with that. Uh, where I kind of don't really give a shit, and I don't care if you know Sloppy one song and honest. is you know punk rock, and then the next song is uh, a folky western tune, and then the song after that is a hip hop track, and then the next song is a funk track. Like, there you go. You know, you got this. This is evolving no right to here. Put myself in a box. <laughs> I feel like that. You're making your own little milkshake. You know, it's like a Neapolitan milkshake or something. Yeah, exactly. Except, a little, a little you know, rock the, and hip-hop. and Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel oh, like there, there are those bands that that kind of have that, like, even though it's a different sound, the song maybe sounds different, that you could still tell that it's them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's kind of something that we're we're trying to work on, where the whole album is pretty cohesive as far as the message to it. it you, you listen to the lyrics and you listen to the message of the album. All of that works together, but as far as the sound of the songs and what what you would label them as, it's all it's all very different. So there's there's one thing essentially that's keeping everything together and that's just the sheer um you know uh, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for the the the, the, the tiredness oh. of uh bullshit and racism <laughs> like the 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 frustration is there Gosh. you know that's that's the thing that's melding the album together you know what I, I feel like there's got to be, we had been going through this at some point in our history, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, even in the 60s that there was a movement like what's going on now, similar, um, and the music feels like it kind of reflects that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a revolution happening and everyone out there, yeah, there's something happening, and, and that is, that's all of us coming together. You know, over the sound waves, you know, through yeah, art exactly. <laughs> and uh, rock and roll and hip hop. And it's all, it's all there. You know, I don't know if you uh, yeah. ever heard of the, uh, gosh, it's a total throwback song. It was a top 40s single. They had a top 40 single in 1970, a uh, band called Grassroots, and the song was sooner or later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That song feels like just equality for everyone. Yeah. I feel like, you I know... Mean, mm -hmm. 
no, I, I was going to say, you know, you had songs like that, and then, uh, you know, one of my one of Motown. my favorite one of my favorite albums, uh, and one of the albums that I taught myself to play bass with was uh, was Fresh by Sly and the Family Stone, and that that album itself has you know, exactly what you're saying. Like, it's got, you know, you just hear it and you think uh, this is this is a sound of equality. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I feel that way with a lot of different music and, and bands and I feel like even jazz too, you know, uh, elevator music. I feel like, you know, there's a way that you could look at it as elevator music. You look at it as a positive thing or, I don't know, I look at it as... Well, it, it, it depends on depends on where the elevator is going, I would say. Usually you know, up. You're usually going up. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I yeah. think it's a compliment. I just don't know if I was if I was Miles Davis. We're talking about, a, you know, gosh, there's so many Miles Davis, you know, where he would be at. I mean, like what he would feel about if someone said it was elevator music to his face. I think for me in general to just even be called anything is flattering. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because if, if, if people refer to Miles Davis as elevator music, then that is a trippy messed up elevator. Um, because one of my favorite albums by Miles Davis is, uh, one of my favorite albums by him was uh, Bitches Brew. And Bitches Brew is a huh. great album because it's the beginning of, you know, what people would later consider acid jazz. And it's, Dave Brubeck? It's, no. Yeah, it's such a wild, crazy album for a, a jazz artist to put out. Yeah, and it's oh, just it's... got these vibes that like yeah. nobody else and, and sounds that nobody else was making around that time. Yeah, uh, I I think that's really fun, you know. In you know, to for what you're saying with the jazz, you know, because at one point they had called you know something that calling it cool jazz, and I was just thinking, yeah. I was like, man, this, where is this going? Like, what if it, you know, cool jazz? What if it was hot jazz? Or what if it was you know, you could just yeah, it was interesting. Nice hybrid of uh, of that. It's interesting. Yeah, cool jazz. I mean, also, and that's know, a Bay Area. I don't know if. Like yeah. Oh no, go ahead. Brubeck's a Bay Area kid. He's from oh, yeah, Concord, yeah. or he was raised yeah, or right. born in Concord. Yeah, so that's that's Bay Area jazz. Yeah, I actually uh, I used to work at Yoshi's in Oakland. Um. And so Great spot, Jacqueline Square. I was a liaison there. Uh, yeah, over in Jacqueline Square. And uh, the um, I would I would meet some of the some of the greatest people there. Like I met Stanley Clark and and, and some amazing artists in jazz that I've looked up to for years and years. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. There's something about jazz that's just timeless to me. Yeah, yeah. And Yoshi's is a great spot. I remember whether you actually used to have a have one um 
and on the Fillmore. They had a Yoshi's out there. Yeah. Or my friend, uh, who actually just graduated law school, which is wild. I was in a, yeah. Um, but is was it Yoshi's? Was a was, if you can imagine on Fillmore, that was so close and so convenient, cool. Um. Yeah, that was a that was a great one. I I miss the Fillmore locations. Yeah. But yeah, yeah working working there, we met um, we met a lot of really cool people. Like I, I got to work with um, you know, I got to work with Dave Chappelle. Even I got to work with That's Paul great. Mooney. Um, you know, a lot of great comedians, a lot of great musicians. Um. Yeah, it's just all across the yeah. board. Yeah, Chappelle. Yeah. I saw him live at the uh, Punchline maybe about three years ago. Uh, oh, nice. I, I never, I think I was just like in tears, like laughing the whole time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he was and, smoking and cloves and inside. It was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It was that thing. And, and I'm sure he was playing for like three hours. I had to... Uh, when I worked for him, that was that was a pretty wild time. <laughs> um, but he actually just uh, um, speaking of Dave Chappelle, he just put out uh, a little mini stand-up special on YouTube, and I watched it this morning. It came out this morning, uh, and it's called Eight Minutes and Forty Seconds. Uh, or eight minutes and forty six seconds, um, in reference to how long uh, Derek Chauvin had his knee on um, on George Floyd's neck, and uh, it's a really powerful uh, performance. It's you know he he lightens things up here and there by you know being his funny self and doing what Dave Chappelle does and. You know, oh, wow. uh, being hilarious, but at the same time, he's really talking about the issue, and uh, it's very—I don't know—it's it's very eloquent. It's very uh, informative. It's very uh, also gut-wrenching and heart-wrenching. It's uh, you know, it's definitely something I feel like people should watch for sure. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. I may have seen it, but I didn't actually watch it. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I mean, yeah, he was he was absolutely incredible comedian. I mean, got a lot of good ones over here too at Muni Radio. But uh, that was yeah, that yeah. was really. I, uh, <laughs> I used to do it because I, I do comedy uh, uh, on the side too, uh, and uh, I used to do. I did some of Pam's events that she would have, um, and uh, I did some of her events, but then I also did my own show there for, I think we did something like uh, three or four months where we would have comedians come up, and it was it was at the, at the station, and uh, we would have the comedians come up and tell their best, most ridiculous celebrity stories. So I had a bunch from Yoshi's from working there, working for a bunch of people. And then other people came up, you know, one of the comedians came up and, and had a story about, you know, uh, 
fighting Paris Hilton and uh, having lunch with Elijah Wood at Coachella. You know, like there was there it was some there was some great stuff there. Um, but yeah, that was fun. I, I love I love putting together shows at that station, man. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's it's funny. You guys are uh, one of the few. Play you guys and KPOO are. Uh, yeah, they're they're downtown. Yeah. Yeah, those, those, you guys are the two radio stations that I uh, uh, keep up with on a regular basis, and uh, I think I've been working with both for about ten years now. KPOO. Yeah, with, yeah. Uh, you know, we... We are the... I've been doing... We're in Tamale Lady Land over here in the Mission. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been doing I've been doing interviews with uh, Francesca. Uh, she Anytime I have a new project, she'll have me on over there at KPOO for since about 2010 or so. And then... Uh, you know, Aisha and everybody at uh, at Mutiny. It's been it's been about since two thousand nine or so. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's been fun. Yeah, yeah and that's yeah. what it is, and that's what I have to say. What it is, <laughs> is that you imagine like being here at the station, and you know, having you know an artist, and uh, you know, come on every week, and the only thing that stayed the same. I mean, obviously, you know, things are different, but. I just I'm sitting back here at the board here at Muni Radio on 21st Street in Florida, and this is the one thing that has stayed consistent the whole time. Like everything else in the whole world changed around us, but then Muni Radio was just here on Muni Radio Island, out here yeah. and the sound waves. Yeah, uh, that's awesome, man. I'm 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 glad I'm glad you guys are uh, are, are still still going and uh, you know haven't haven't shut down or anything during all this stuff um if we could go we're being cautious about it you know we're not you know we got the gloves we got the masks we got the sanitizer looking like an astronaut walking in the the door here you know we're being we're being cautious about it you know yeah but it's definitely you know it, it's always kind of been that way where uh you have you know one person in there most of the time. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, aside from, aside from the shows that like, you know, Pam or, or other people put on, uh, it's a, it's a very easy job to be socially distanced at, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's yeah. I mean, you're in, you said that you were in a, are you actually, you're on the, you're in between, um, Alameda, the, and Oakland. So yeah, you're somewhere we're, there. We're right, we're right next to the um, airport. So the airport is pretty much yeah. our backyard. <laughs> That's cool. It's like Fleet Week, except every day. Yeah, yeah. But exactly. not as loud, not loud. But so we're probably <laughs> exactly, if you were to hit a zip line from here uh, to San Francisco to where you're at, probably about 12 miles away. Yeah, probably something like that. Yeah, that's social distancing for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Awesome. Yeah. Hey, man. Thanks for coming on the show. I, I wanted to, everyone that uh, that didn't catch the song earlier to to listen in, and I know that um the the proceeds are going to a, a great cause too. And I know you're probably better at explaining exactly what that is. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Thank you for having me too. And uh, yeah, all the proceeds from this song are going to the Bay Area Anti Repression Committee Fund. And uh, that is to help incarcerated protesters uh, with bail and legal aid. Um, so, uh, yeah, definitely donate. Uh, pretty much whatever we make is going right to that. I'm not keeping any of it. The only thing is I think Bandcamp takes like a little percentage. But aside from that, everything else is going straight to the fund. Uh, and then over the course of time, when we start releasing more singles and putting other stuff out, we'll probably be doing to uh, other charities to help the movement as well. Nice. That's awesome. We got here uh, Zach from Pretty Frankenstein. This is the latest single. Just put it out a couple days ago. Uh, you can find him on uh, Bandcamp. You can find him on Instagram. And you can find him in the Bay Area somewhere, yeah. social distancing. So here's their uh, latest uh, song, uh, Sounds of Revolt, off their newest uh, album that's coming out later this month. All righty. All right, thank you. TGI.
Things are going to change up next year. Paul's uh, still figuring out what exactly is going to be the final uh, final change-ups on the whole thing. Um, but we're maybe thinking, or he's maybe thinking longer longer rides, I think, at this point. Or, yeah, we'll leave that up to him. There's there's a few oars in there, but uh, I should, probably should have said as much as I did. So, there's a lot going on. Uh, yeah, went up to... Uh, <laughs> When I was in a, you know, once you get off the main freeways, man, you get up into those hills, and uh, I was scraping pipes on one side, and it was just loose gravel, and so I wasn't pushing it too hard, you know, plus with the extra weight, it, uh, it's a different beast, you know, and I don't want to hurt anybody. It's, ba- it's bad enough if I go down, but if I go down with somebody on back and they get messed up, I'm not cool with that, you know, so, and I'm usually riding solo cholo, so I was, uh, it was a good time, man. Yeah, some of those guys were just riding, you know, and their breakdowns and fixing it and getting it going again and running out of gas. And I think 11 people made it up on uh, homemade bikes, pole leading the way. Paul's got a beautiful bike, by the way. If you get a chance to check it out, please <laughs> go out of your way for it. It's it's sweet. It should be on the web. should be on the Facebook page, I assume. So, yeah, so that was a great weekend. Um, Sunday, coming back. Sunday coming back, I've, uh, I laid back, um, we pulled over because Paul broke, uh, broke his adjuster on his, uh, on his bike, broke off. So his chain was, was loosening up as he was riding along. So we, uh, we pulled over, we managed to fix that, but in the process, the rest of the guys were like, well, we're out, and I'm with the photographer, so I'm like, so where are we going? Are we following the boys, or are we sticking with Paul? And uh, we ended up sticking with Paul, which was a good thing. Um... Because he did get it going, and about, I don't know, an hour later on the road, um, we pulled up to a red light. We were coming off 29 onto 121.12 there, and uh, he, uh, <laughs> we jumped on it, and he had me. He was, he was out in front, and he was gone. Um, and then I saw his chain went slack, and, he, uh, and it was making like a, I don't know, like a winding sound, and then he pulled over and I, as I did and by the time I walked back the 30 feet from in front of him that I was um, there was a nice puddle of oil underneath his bike <laughs> which was <laughs> so yeah alright well cool at least we, we hung back with him you know we were, we were there for him um, also while we were pulled over the first time Joyce his, his beautiful woman is who I met this weekend she's a sweet sweet lady badass badass all, all my respect Joyce um she pulled over, you know, just to hang out and see if we need anything. And Paul didn't need any help with what he was doing. We uh, we all laid off and just let him do his thing. Um, and when she went to jump in her truck and started, that truck would not start. 
So we had to call AAA. Anyway, by that time, the boys were pretty pretty well in front of us. But we uh, we did our best to catch up, and then the next breakdown happened. So I ran into town and got some uh, JB Weld Quick, which sets in six minutes. It's amazing stuff, by the way. Um, and a couple of bolts, and we uh, and Paul went to work and nailed it, man. We left there. I think we made it back from that turnoff from 121, 12 to 37 to 101, all the way into the city to the shop in like 45 minutes, 40 minutes. And not one drop of oil came out of his bike. It was just smooth sailing the whole way. It was an amazing ride. And then the party began. But before that, Paul, um, Bill's, Bill's at this vigil tonight as well. He's over in Oakland, um, the vigil for the people who lost their lives in that, it's just a tragedy. Um, my heart goes out to everybody in the families and it's just a terrible thing. Um, so he's out there doing his vigil. I'm going to try and mellow things out here for a minute before I go and snap, but, uh, I'll be right back. Catch up with you in a minute. Sunday morning here in a Harlem, now everybody 
How about that, huh? So that was uh, Bill Withers, Harlem. Great tune. And I threw, uh, I threw a little Beck in there. Fucking with my head. So yeah, so it was an exciting weekend. I had such a good time. So Paul, I don't know what he did. I wasn't paying too much attention. By the time I got back from, it was maybe 20 minutes it took me maybe to go and get the stuff came back he had the bike apart what he needed to fix so ready to go he jb welded it let it set as he was fixing the rear so that the tire wouldn't slide anymore the man's a genius side of the road quick in bam i mean he was done in 10 15 minutes we were back on the road in the meantime he'd gotten a text <laughs> yeah i had about a quarter of oil through that in there he'd gotten a text from a friend and i guess she lived up the road and not even two minutes after i got to back to the uh, back to the bike she pulls up she's got <laughs> she's got turkey breast sliced in a bag it must have been about two pounds three pounds <clears throat> and uh and some chocolate some uh, bark peppermint bark i don't know what to call it it's delicious sweet lady trudy yeah paul's just he's got connections and uh yeah put a quart of oil in it started it up not a drop it looked like his chain actually swung around and, and caught the drain plug, and I think it whacked and cracked the case. Yeah, and he fixed that on the side of the road and got going on the bike that he'd already done 4,700 miles crossing the country in the dirt <laughs> on fire roads. <laughs> He's a badass in his own right. So, yeah, so it was a great weekend. Back to the party. Ran into Wild Bill and uh, our old friend Steve. They were there with uh, Bill's son, Wyatt. And a good crowd of, I would say, 300 plus people, all being very uh, mellow. 
They were being, no, I mean, there was a band going on. You know, everybody's everybody's seen people they haven't seen in a long time. You know, there's bikes parked up and down the street, and there's a lot of a lot of milling, you know, going around. But it wasn't crazy, crazy. You know, it wasn't like somebody was gonna die. You know, like somebody gets stabbed or that kind of crazy shit. Nobody was fighting. Everybody was cool. Everybody was smiling. Everybody was just having a great time. It was a fantastic party, and got the uh, the awards handed out to all the boys that did their jobs. And uh, uh, once again, just total respect to these guys. The, the bikes they made and to go that kind of distance. And, you know, I mean, I can only imagine, you know, and they're up, I mean, a few of them, they were up all night working on the bike and they, they pushed it over from their shop <laughs> with no sleep <laughs> and then went on the ride and it uh, took us a while to get up there, you know, with the last, uh, even before we hit the dirt, it was dark. So yeah, once we hit the dirt and it's a path, I don't know, maybe 20 feet wide in some spots with some ruts, you know, rain ruts and there was a good patch of mud that was probably about 20 feet long and there was standing water you know it's uh you had to pick your line real clean and do your best um but yeah it's it was just it was just an impressive you know and then once we did get to the campground i actually met a young lady that that was on the ride with us she was from uh kqed or npr and she was recording the whole thing and she's going to be doing a report on it which is something to look forward to tiffany sweet woman a great rider. She was a badass. They were all badasses. It was just, you know, and, and just meeting those people that morning and them like warming up to me the way they did. It was just, it was just, it was cool, man. You know, sitting around the campfire talking shit is always fun. But it's, you know, it's a little iffy when you're, uh, when you're the outsider or not. I was totally comfortable with these folk. It was, I was doing my thing. So we had a good weekend. Um, Bill's, uh, Bill is, uh, mourning a loss. He did have a friend that was involved in that fire, so he's, uh, he's in his, he's doing his thing as well. He needs to do his thing. Um, yeah, and nothing, nothing really coming up other than that. Um, yeah, Paul does have, have some ideas about changing up the dirt bag next year. Um, you should be there. If you weren't there this year, go next year. Um, look into it. There's some movies out on the internet, I'm sure. Um, the Rattler, Dirtbag, uh, what well, was Dirtbag was the first one, I believe. And then the Rat, the Return of the Rattler, Dirtbag 2, which I saw, which is a great movie. It'll make you want to build a chopper and like do this thing. It's just, I've already looked into getting a bike. <laughs> I lined up a bike. So now I just need to find a work spot for it and uh, get the thing running and then figure out what I want to do to it. And I'm I'm not even thinking for the dirt bag. I'm thinking for cruising around town. It should be just, you know, I'm thinking it'll be cool. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, if anybody's got some space, they want to let me uh, <laughs> do some work in, <laughs> give me a holler. That'd be fantastic. I can get the work done. I just, uh, I just need a spot. And I'm hoping it won't take that long because I want to get that thing on the road. What else happened? But but the kids uh, the drive back breaking down the party the party was insane it was just it was such a good time the punk bands were killer and then the, they did burn the tires off a couple bikes on private property of course um, which was which was impressive it was really freaking cool it was badass you know smoking out the street and there was just chunks of rubber everywhere you know it was, it was just cool man you know it got the crowd going everybody was into it it was a fun fun time man so. Hopefully we'll be doing that again next year, somehow, some way, somewhere. Uh, of course, up to Paul. We'll see where he goes with it. Uh, I'm not gonna bother you anymore. I'm gonna put on some music. 
How about some, uh, I believe this was recorded live in Australia. Just can't 
coming up at 7 o'clock. Stay tuned. We've got live comedy on the street, outdoor comedy for you, my friends. And you are listening to Mutiny Radio here at mutinyradio.fm in .sf. We are listening to some Peter Tosh right now. Because why not? Uh, and coming up at 6, it's Green Rex, the Twitch show, Animal Style, with a very special host, Guy Fox. Guy. It's not even Guy Fox. Uh, also, Aaron Atkins going to be doing that at 7 o'clock. Great comedy show. It's going to be clean. We have Aaron Atkins, Pancake, yours truly, Pam Benjamin, Alyssa Westerlund, Griffin Daly, and Billy Sullivan, all here tonight on the comedy show. So I hope that you guys stay tuned for that. You were listening to JW Megawag here from 4 to 6 with an interview with Zach. And that was great. And we're going to listen to some more Peter Tosh. To their places. Little darling, it seems like years since they've been there. But here comes the sun. Here comes the sun, and I say, it's all right. Mm. Little darling, mm, I see the ice is slowly melting. Little darling, it seems like years since they've been there. But here comes the sun, there goes the snow, and I say it's all right. It's all right. I see the ice is slowly melting. Little darling, it seems like years. Since they've been there, here comes the sun, there goes the snow, and I say, it's all right, it's all right. Smiles are returning to their places. Little darling, it seems like years since they've been there. Here comes the sun. I say, here comes the sun. You say, it's all right.
told you long before. 